I tell people my mind is like uh, an iPhone, still a sophisticated device, but it has a short-term memory, it pocket dials, and it gets lost very easily. And 30% of my short-term memory now can be gone in 30 to 60 seconds. Welcome to the Influencers Podcast. I'm Scott Young, co-host along with Dave Donaldson. Dave is out on assignment, not in the studio today, and we will carry on in his absence. We're here to see the influence of your life grow, to make your world a better world, and to make the world a better world. I've got one question for you today. Have you heard about Greg? Greg O'Brien is an investigative reporter. He's written for national publications like the Associated Press, Time Magazine, USA Today, The Washington Post. He's written a fascinating book that's been turned into a movie. The book is called On Pluto, Inside the Mind of Alzheimer's, and the documentary movie that's coming out, Have You Heard About Greg? A Journey Through Alzheimer's with Faith, Hope, and humor. And Greg, I want to thank you for joining us. You really help us. You help us to not turn away from Alzheimer's, but you help us to have a conversation about this very important subject. Six million Americans now projected in 2015 to go to 13 million Americans. Your story is fascinating. In your 50s, they told you you had Alzheimer's. How did you respond when they gave you that news, my friend? Well, first of all, it's an honor to be on your show. Thanks. Uh, and, uh, but I, I, just for background, I lost my maternal grandfather, uh, my mother and paternal uncle to Alzheimer's. And before my father's death, he too was diagnosed with dementia. Uh, I was the caregiver for both family caregiver. I'm one of 10 kids. Um, we were raised outside Manhattan in Rye, New York, but that my parents were retired on Cape Cod and I was living there and was their caregiver, was there at their deaths, deathbeds, which was a sad time to see. And I noticed over time that I started the symptoms and um, I had two serious head traumas that doctors had said unleashed a monster. And, um, and I was afraid and part of this uh, is, is denial. Um, you know, when, when the mind doesn't work, uh, we want to be in denial on it. And, uh, there's a chapter in my book, a quote from Mark Twain that says, denial ain't just a river in Egypt. And um, so I had the brain scans, uh, uh, spec scans, clinical tests, um, also the uh, Alzheimer's gene test, which revealed I had APOE4. And, uh, and I remember sitting in the, in the neurologist's office um, outside of Boston and uh, he, he, he delivered the diagnosis. It was, I was 59. I'm 72 now. Alzheimer's is a disease that can take 20 to 25 years to run its course and said that I was a trademark case, uh, you know, in terms of my diagnosis. And I remember sitting um, in the, in the uh, doctor's office next to my wife, Mary Catherine, and I could feel the tears coming down the side of my face. Hmm. And the only thing I could think to say was what about the kids? And Alzheimer's forms of dementia is about the kids because if we can't find ways to beat this demon back, it's not only gonna take out the baby boom generation like me, it's gonna take out our children. And um, you have to in life walk in faith, hope and humor. Um, I don't know how, and, and I'm the most imperfect guy in the world, a typical Irishman. 
And, and I, I always joke that I've committed every sin a man can commit, but murder and adultery, and I've been tested in both. And, but I, I know my God. Yeah. And um, I, I can't live my life without my faith and hope. And the humor part comes from maybe being Irish. Well, every good Irishman has a good sense of humor. We hope. Yeah. And we hope that, uh, how does humor in the midst of this horrendous, I, I think someone called, I listened to somebody talk uh, uh, about you and they said, um, Alzheimer's is like a silent thief that comes at the night. And I think maybe you said it's like um, a little bit of your brain shaved every day. Yes, it's like having a sliver of your brain shaved every day. Um, my brain today, I, I'm, I'm operating to some extent, and, and your listeners can look this up, uh, off uh, what the doctors call cognitive reserve, which is an extra fuel tank, so to speak. And my mom had it, but she, what happens is that the, the, the uh, fuel tank gets drained down as it is with me. And I could do this interview, but when it's done, I'll be done. And I tell people my mind is like uh, an iPhone, still a sophisticated device, but it has a short-term memory, it pocket dials, and it gets lost very easily. And 30% of my short-term memory now can be gone in 30 to 60 seconds. If you put me in a room where there are people I've known for 20 years, I won't know who they are or their names. I see things that aren't there. I go into tremendous rage at times, um, deep, deep depression. Um, there, I, I also have uh, uh, advancing prostate cancer and twice I toyed with um, and came close to uh, leaving this planet until the good Lord said, no, we're not done yet. Wow. So in the midst of that, faith, hope, and humor, how does humor flow into that very dark place? Well, I, I think if you can't face an enemy um, and, and, and stare the enemy down, the enemy owns you. Hmm. And uh, I've learned that. I, I've learned that I, I have a lot of dreams. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was a young man, a young reporter, um, and just, start, you know, I was raised Irish Catholic, but starting more in my evangelical walk. And uh, I had a dream one night where, um, and maybe it was more than a dream, Satan, Satan had one foot in my chest. Wow. And... In the dream or in between the dream, I saw a hand come across my face and I heard, excuse me, it gets emotional. No, I am okay. God and you can't have them. Wow. And wow. So, so that's where the faith comes from. And, and there was another time when um, early in life when I was doing what normal uh, kids in their 20s do, you know, drinking and carousing, you know, I'm just a regular guy, okay, I don't want to yeah. be portrayed as anything else. And so I was at this uh, bar one night called the Beachcomber overlooking a beautiful swath of um, the Atlantic. And all of a sudden, I, it wasn't fun being there. And I felt called out. And so I drove my car up the street to uh, a sand dune about 75 feet above the sea. And it was one of those nights where you could see the Milky Way on Cape Cod and it's like someone flecked the sky with paints of flicks of white. Mm -hmm. And I started asking questions like, mm -hmm. who is God? 
who's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Is this real? And I found myself in a conversation. I wasn't sure with who. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I kept coming back because I, I, I wanted to be there. And fast forward to that, I was about 25, 26, and I have notes here I'm looking at, but um, I uh, was down at Nasa Beach. Uh, it was a beautiful beach. It was a beautiful September day. The uh, uh, sky was azure blue. And I was running and I felt a peace, Scott, that I've never felt mm-hmm. before. And I yelled out, if that's you, God, touch me. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, I'm in the sand and I'm bawling my eyes out. And I heard in my heart, which is, I believe, the place of the soul. I'm an mm-hmm. imperfect guy, Scott, but I heard in my heart, the place of the soul. Yes, I am real. I am God and I'm never going to leave you. So how now in my life can I refuse to do anything other than follow God as an imperfect person? And um, that's what I'm trying to do to tell the story of not only Alzheimer's, but to tell the story of how you leave this planet in faith, hope, and humor. Well, it's obvious. I think God loves all his kids, but it's been obvious to see God's hand both in, in dreams, which I think do come from God oftentimes, and in um, his spiritually speaking to your heart. I think it's nurtured your faith. And are, are you saying that your faith has helped you in your battle, the fight, and I think it is a, a war, your battle with Alzheimer's? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's what's getting me through it. Without that, I'd be gone. And I think the faith is, is allowing me to hold on longer until, uh, until God says, the Lord says, we're done. And um, I, uh, I had a, I was so angry at God. I think God has big shoulders. And um, this was a while back. And um, I went into rage when the lights in my brain went out and I started screaming. And I started yelling at God. And I had what I call a WTF. And you can figure out what the initials mean, talk with God. But I, but I used the real words because I was that angry. <laughs> yes. And I said, what the WTF? Yeah. And I said, you gave me uh, um, Alzheimer's. I have advancing cancer. Uh, the body breaks down in Alzheimer's because brain signals don't go down. I have no feeling, for the most part, from my knees to my feet. I have my spine recently rebuilt. I'm trying to do the best I can. Do you mm-hmm. have a clue who I am? Yeah. And I was angry. And I believe God, the Lord Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, talks to us in language that we mm-hmm. use often. So yep. we know it's him. And yep. you know what I heard? What? I heard a word that I use all the time. I said, do you have a clue who I am? And mm-hmm. I heard, because I want a tough God. And I heard in my heart, yes, dumbass, I made you. And I have you right where I want you. <laughs> and I said, okay, then we can move on. I just needed to know you were there. But I was so excited that my God called me a dumbass. That made wow. me love God even more. He knows, and we're all different in how our relationships with God. Well, I, I think that I think God does know us personally and individually. I think He has a personal relationship with you. And I, 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 I know someone's listening right now, Greg. And they're going through Alzheimer's, and they're looking for something that you have found. You have found a a, fa- a personal faith that is helping to pull you through. So. If you're going to talk to somebody that's struggling, maybe they're maybe today's been a day of rage. Maybe they're, maybe they're having a moment of clarity. What would you say to them 
to encourage them in their journey to fight this, this demon? Well, the first thing I would say is you don't have to fight it alone. God, so good. You can find, you can fight it with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and an army of angels. Wow. And um, and and that's that that's what I would tell. And my mom, who was the hero of my life, taught me in her Alzheimer's how to write and speak from the heart. Mm-hmm. And um, the heart, I believe, is the place of the soul which is our essence and survives. Our body decays, our mind decays, Mm -hmm. our soul never does. And she taught me how to find that place of the heart. Mm -hmm. And there's some work there. You can't do it without prayer. You can't do it uh, without meditation. But when you find that place of the heart, I find that you have more of a direct line to heaven. And and, and it's very humbling. I, I have to tell you, Scott, it's incredibly humbling, but how can I give up? And, and mm-hmm. again, I, I know I'm repeating myself, as my wife says all the time. I, I'm, 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 I am a dumbass, and I'm an Irish guy, and I'm not an angel. But God has asked uh, rough people around the edges to do a lot of things in life. So, Well, the book is, the Bible is filled with men and women who were not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But God's grace came to them and gave them what they needed to walk through what they had to go through. We love when when the Bible says that we would know Christ in the power of resurrection. We love that. We love the power of resurrection. But the Bible also says that we would know God, we would know Christ in the fellowship of suffering. And you're walking through the fellowship of suffering. You're walking through a valley. I think maybe you understand Christ's work on the cross a little deeper than some right. of us. And I think that faith is helping to pull you through, which is amazing just to hear. Now, let me, let me say, say, say I know someone that has Alzheimer's, a friend, a family member, or someone that's listening has a friend or a family member. What can we do to help people that have Alzheimer's? And what should we not do when we're around people with Alzheimer's? Well, that's a very good question. The first thing I would say, it's a four-letter word, but don't get nervous. It's not what you might think. It's called love, L-O-V-E. And um, showing that love and touch is so important. Just a soft touch of the hand on a shoulder. Um, Mm. In in, in the late stages, people don't connect that much. In the early stages, again, I could have another 10 years on this journey. Yeah. So in in the early stages, um, you know something's wrong. So to have a, a, a friend, a relative say, hey, I love you, I'm with you. And, 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 and I know in your heart and your soul, you're 100% there and you're dealing through this and I'm gonna stand with you. And um, I, I think that that's, that's so important. The other thing is, um, let's say you're talking to someone with Alzheimer's and they say, that's, that's, a, that's a lovely uh, red wall. When the wall's really blue, and then sometimes people will try to correct them and say, no, it's a blue wall. Yeah. And what that does is it reinforces that there's something wrong for the person. So does it matter if it's red or yeah. blue? Yeah. Just yeah. say, you're right, it's a lovely wall. Yeah. Well, color is in the, they say everyone sees color different anyway. So we all see gradations of color. Just say, that's, that's a lovely blue wall. Well, when, when, uh, when we talk about colors, can I talk about my mother and the color yellow? Go ahead. 
You're you're in charge here, but I'm just. Well, no. You, listen, I'm I am fascinated by this talk. Okay, so um, when my mother was in her journey um, in Alzheimer's, she started noticing yellow cars and things that were the color yellow. Hmm. And my wife would say, what is it about your mom? And then I started spending more time with my mom and, um, and she was talking about yellow and see that yellow car. See, and so finally, as a journalist, I, I uh, studied the color yellow and people should Google. It's got a lot of interesting uh, uh, definitions, but yellow, it, it tells you was also the color of angels. And I said, hmm. oh my God, the angels are coming to take my mom home. She talked about it so much that my brother, Tim, I'm one of 10 kids, bought a yellow Jeep. Hmm. And, um, and, and my mom was thrilled. And uh, he pulled the Jeep up to the house on Cape Cod and came in and, and my mom is in the throes of Alzheimer's. And uh, she looked out and, and Tim, I didn't know this until recently. Tim said, I love that yellow Jeep. And then she said to him in her Alzheimer's, did you know that yellow is the color of angels? So when it came time to take her to the nursing home, I'm driving down, my brother Tim is back at the house and uh, the nursing home was like 15 minutes away, driving down, two yellow cars in front of us, two yellow cars behind us. I mm -hmm. called my brother and I said, you're not gonna believe this. Then the cars peel off, then they came back all the way down yellow cars surrounded us to the nursing home. And I know my mother went there to die and she died like four or five months later. And, and before we're through, I'd like to tell, the, if I could tell the story of my mom's death because it's, it's about faith. So, so I'm with you on this as well. I believe that as um, the physical and sometimes the intellectual diminishes, that the spirit can become enlivened and become, so we're talking to someone sometimes in a hospital bed and they don't look responsive. But I think that their spirit can be very much alive to the presence of God. So we should talk to them fully like they are present. We should affirm them like they are present because I think many times they're connected to the kingdom of God in a greater way than we may be at that moment. But go ahead and tell the, the story of your mom. No, I, I think you're, you're, you're totally right. And that gets back to your earlier question about talking with people. So I took my mother to, um, it's okay to tell the story. It's a strong story to the nursing home. She had, my father had passed away. She clearly went there to die. And I had taken a, a, a picture from her house of her father, my grandfather, um, and who died of Alzheimer's and put it at the foot of her bed in the nursing home. So when she woke up every morning, she saw him. I get a call one night, four months or so, right at the end from the nurse there saying, your, your mom is very scared. She's upset, you have to come down. So I came down, she was asleep in a private room. I woke her up, she was five foot one, hundred all through her life, she's gorgeous, she's brilliant. Five foot one, like 110 pounds. And um, she's lying about, I woke her up and I said, mom, I'm sorry to wake you up. They said that you were scared. She said, no, Greg, I'm glad you're here. Scott, that was the first time in eight months she could use my name. Wow. And there was a continence to her. Yeah. And um, I, I know people will question and people are, they can question all they want. That's, that's their right. But I felt the spirit of my grandfather in the room. Hmm. And I said, oh, my God, something's going to happen. 
Mm-hmm. And so I held my mom's hand and we talked, little talk, but this is defying uh, the stereotype of all, she was talking from her soul. Mm-hmm. And, and because her mind was dead, yeah, she was talking through her soul. And um, I waited there till she fell asleep. I kissed her on the forehead. She woke up immediately and said to me, Greg, where are you going? And I realized, Scott, that it's emotional to tell it, but I realized that moment was at hand. And I said, Mom, I'm not going anywhere. We're going to ride this one out together. And I sat down, held her hand till she fell asleep. I kissed her on the forehead and she never woke up again. Fast forward, six months later, I was asked by, and then I'll get to the end of this, asked by the National Alzheimer's Association to speak out in Hollywood and Beverly Hills at it's called a, a night of Sardis then. They don't call that now, but um, all the top Hollywood people, um, uh, Emmy Award, uh, Oscar Awards, uh, Tony Award winners, and uh, they, they had uh, entertainment that night. But I was the keynote Alzheimer's speaker. And um, I'm backstage looking out at a sea of a thousand people saying, oh my God, there are not a lot of people standing in these shoes that I'm in. And, and generally I'm not nervous if I'm gonna speak or write but I was very nervous and I looked up to heaven and I said, mom, this is for you. I heard again in my heart, my soul, very plainly, she said, Greg, you rock this, you just rock it. That's how she talked. I went out, I had a prepared speech and Scott, I rocked it. And as I was rocking it, it was kind of cool. There was a woman standing behind me, made me feel so comfortable so secure, so much at peace, so confident. Um, And I kept giving the speech. I wanted to look to see who it was. And I just said, no, it's just stay focused. So when I was done, a thousand people stood up in a a, uh, um, a standing ovation. David Hyde Pierce, who was the actor, was the MC and said, see, that's what we're talking about. And I was crying and some people in the audience were crying. And I turned around to thank the woman and she was gone, she wasn't there. So I go back to the table, tables of 10, And I sat down and I said to my wife, who was the woman standing behind me? She made me feel so comfortable, so kind, so much in the place, so confident. Who was she? And my wife said, what? Hmm. And I said, who was the woman who was standing behind me? She made me feel so loved, so comfortable, so much in the place. And my wife, Mary Catherine said, Greg, there was no woman behind you. I went around the table to 10 people, and they said, Greg, there was no woman. You were on the stage alone. And I said, no, I wasn't. I said, the spirit of my mom and the spirit maybe of hundreds or thousands of others were there in this disease to give people faith, hope, and humor. So I guess I'm telling anyone who is, is, is listening, there is faith, hope, and humor that's not only going to help you on your journey, but it's gonna lead you to the promised land. And, and I hear you, Greg, saying, um, we respect humanity at all stages. We yes. are there to support and to love and to affirm the humanity of, we don't stigmatize Alzheimer's. We don't pull away from it. And, and I'm just loving the conversation because you're just causing us not to turn away, but to look full face in this darkness and bring light into the darkness. I want to just tell people, remind them, you've written this incredible book, Pluto Inside 
the mind of Alzheimer's. And then coming out in May, uh, have you heard well, about the, Greg? The film has been released and okay. it's in select theaters. It's Have You Heard About Greg? I'm not good on an acronym, so maybe you could help me, Scott. Take the letters of Have You Heard yeah. About Greg.com and that's the website. Here, so here's how it? to find it. Here's how to find it. It's Have You Heard About Greg? H Y H A G. H Y H A G dot com. And that'll connect you with the movie site. Or they can go to the, the title of your book, which is uh, On Pluto. They can go to onpluto.org. But Greg, I want to thank you so much for sharing. Can I give a shout out real quick to the producer, Steve Eccleson, uh, LA filmmaker. We grew up in Rhine, New York, outside of Manhattan. Steve's mom and my mom were friends. They were Cub Scout den mothers together. They both died of Alzheimer's. And part of this film is dedicated to them. So good. And thank you for your contribution to the conversation and the encouragement that you've brought today. Thanks for being part of the Influencers Podcast. For all of our listeners, keep influencing your world. For the Influencers Podcast, I'm Scott Young. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. You can follow us on all social media platforms at the Influencers Podcast Official. You can stay up to date, hear more inspiring content, and unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to Jesus. Jesus.